Welcome to the Weekly Dose of Euphoria podcast. This is Matt Zapala, your host and creator of Euphoria Health and Active Living, your go-to hub for all information on movement, sustainability, and plant-based nutrition. My main goal is to generate happiness, and I couldn't think of a more fitting word to represent my brand than Euphoria. Join me as I dive into raw conversation with qualified professionals, athletes, influential individuals, and many more. It's time now to introduce this week's special guest. Hey guys, welcome back to the weekly dose of Euphoria podcast. I'm so pumped to have Amanda Ducks on the show this week. Amanda is an amazing food blogger who lives in sunny Gold Coast of Australia. In this episode, Amanda shares her journey from a young party girl and binge drinker to an amazing food blogger and the antagonist for turning her life around. If you haven't already, go and check out Ducky's blog on YouTube. It is unbelievable and she takes you guys through the amazing recipes that she creates and tips on how to lead a healthy, sustainable, plant-based life. She's doing great things and has built a prolific following on both YouTube and Instagram through authenticity. And she sheds light on her journey and tips for any bloggers out there on how to be authentic through social media and build yourself a great following. Amanda also battled mental illness and she provides tips for any listeners who are fighting this. It's important for anyone who's battling this to recognize that you're not alone and it's okay to be vulnerable and ask for help. This episode is amazing and after watching Ducky's YouTube channel, you'll feel like a plant-based chef. So let's dive right into it. Guys, I'm lucky enough to be here with Amanda Ducks, or better known as Ducky. Thanks for coming down, Amanda. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. I'm pumped to have you on the show. And this is your first podcast, I believe, isn't it? Yes. I, I'm also not a podcast listener, so I feel like I'm very new to this whole Excellent. world. Maybe this will make me dive into that. For sure. <laughs> Just to paint the picture for you guys, me and Ducky met while we were working at the fabulous vegan cafe in Avondale Heights, Particle Cinnamon. Me and Ducky used to run the floor together, always work hand in hand and have amazing conversations in the process too, sometimes getting in trouble by our bosses, <laughs> but <laughs> that's what life's all about, isn't it? Uh, Ducky, we're going to dive right into what you're doing at the moment, and if people don't know, you are a food blogger, you have quite a prolific following on Instagram and YouTube, but first, tell us what life was like for you growing up. Um, I suppose I feel like I had a pretty stock standard kind of childhood. I definitely always had like an affinity with the outdoors, with the ocean, with animals. And yeah, I, I feel I feel pretty normal. Awesome. And do you feel like that those sort of connections with with real life has shaped you into the person you are today? Oh, definitely. I feel like the older I get, the more I realize that it's almost like when I was younger, I knew that this was who I was going to be, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I just feel like, you know, as a kid, I was always in the ocean. As a kid, I was always around animals. And now those are like two of my favorite things. So, For sure. Yeah. And I understand you've just recently moved from Melbourne to the Gold Coast. Tell us what life is like in Gold Coast compared to Melbourne. Oh, the Gold Coast is amazing. It's like people tell me that I've become the best version of myself. That's the best way I can describe it. Excellent. And it's just like this really, really relaxed relaxed chill lifestyle the vegan scene is amazing and yeah it's just yeah it's a good place to be that is so cool definitely living into your best self let's backtrack a little bit what was life like for you going through high school high school was interesting I was very very different I uh, threw parties at my dad's house when he went away (laughs) I was a, a major binge drinker I was just a really I suppose unhealthy person physically and mentally and very very like insecure I had a lot of fun with my friends but I honestly can't recognize the person I was in high school in comparison to who I am today awesome and what sparked your interest in that world of binge drinking and throwing partners was it a party sorry not partners was it your external influences through high school or what happened there I think I've always felt this like well I used to feel this pressure to try and fit in and I always felt like you know I had different interests and different beliefs and I was always more of a like creative sort of person but I think I just did what other people did because I wanted to seem like 
cool as, as lame as that may sound no. but yeah that's definitely what I spent a lot of time doing in high school for sure and I think a lot of people can relate especially teenagers these days doing things based on their external influences or peer pressure and it's sort of out of the norm to stand up to what you believe in and be yourself so it's good to see that you've experienced that and now transitioning to the person you are today you wouldn't know that you had that through your past absolutely not it's like when I tell people that I used to do some of the stuff I did they're like I cannot believe that that was you and I feel the same honestly and what changed for you what made you realize that you're missing out on life really I think honestly I went through a really tough period of time when I was in my early 20s I still am technically in my early 20s (laughs) when I was like 20 21 22 I just went through a really bad time and I started to acknowledge and accept the mental health issues that I was having and I think I realized the strength that I had within myself to change my life and to become a better version of myself and that's when I just started like implementing positive things into my life and in turn it has changed me into this non-drinking vegan <laughs> that just like goes to the beach and goes to bed early. <laughs> Hi, <I'm life>. yeah. <laughs> I love it and when you're going through those rough times as you mentioned Did you get any support from the people around you? Did you deal with it yourself? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm a very, very openly emotional person. And that's something that I used to really resent about myself, but now love about myself. Because if I'm feeling something, I'm very, very comfortable talking about it. And I found it really good to be able to talk to, you know, my partner I had at the time, to my family, to my friends. And I also uh, got therapy, which I'm a major advocate for therapy. It completely changed my life. Um, Yeah, and it just... Yeah, it's worked for me. Fantastic. And for anyone that is going through any mental health issues at the moment or just a rough patch of time, do you have any advice for those people that are that are going through that to go and seek help or to deal with it themselves? What would you say? I think we're really lucky in Australia. Like I said, I'm a huge advocate for therapy. I understand that not every therapist is matched to every person and I've certainly seen a few until I really connected with one. But in Australia, we're really lucky that we have something called a mental health plan where you can go and see a GP. They can put you on a mental health plan and you get 10 therapist sessions where they're basically at a reduced cost because the cost of therapy is what turns a lot of people off. I find so I definitely recommend doing that and something that I did with my therapist that you can easily do at home it might sound silly but I wrote down and identified like my six core like values and things that I wanted to add to my life and make sure were prominent in my life and those things identifying them I literally still have them pinned on a pin board at my house like completely I feel like I say changed my life a lot but they did like recognizing that you know prioritizing those and making them the forefront of my life it just yeah it's been really amazing fantastic and then moving on from your darker days what was the transition for you or the the antagonist for you to start changing your life what what happened there Um, I think I just realized that I couldn't, as much as I love relying on other people and talking to other people about how I'm feeling, I had to find the strength within myself to make everything, you know, not better all the time because nothing's amazing all the time. But I realized that I had the strength to make change. And so part of that change was moving myself to the Gold Coast and recognizing that I wasn't growing in Melbourne. So was I going to make take a risk and make a change and I literally moved to the Gold Coast with $700 in my bank account and just like winged it and just hoped for the best and it's been the best thing I ever did but yeah I just took risks and made big changes and I I can't explain it any other way other than like I just found like the strength and the bravery within myself to realize that staying stagnant was not going to get me anywhere fantastic and did you use any resources along the way to help with your your journey says like motivational quotes social media what what was keeping you occupied social media has actually been one of the most positive influences on my life and I was actually speaking to a friend about this yesterday saying that a lot of people do have negative experiences with social media because it makes them feel down on themselves and they compare themselves to other people but I have been on the opposite side of that because I see a lot of inspiration in other people living their best lives and I love seeing people so happy and vibrant and I love people talking about their own mental health and realizing that I'm not alone and I can remember watching this video one day which did change a lot for me where it said that it was this young woman and I can't remember who it was I wish I could and 
she was just sitting in front of the camera being really vulnerable and she said, I've accepted the fact that I can't control the past and I can't control the future and I really just need to focus on what I can do right now for my present and it just like resonated with me so, so much and it really, really helped and so I found social media to be a really great thing for me, both me doing social media and seeing other people on it and then also I especially found when I moved, obviously it was an amazing experience but it was stressful initially. I used online resources like I had always heard about online resources in terms of like Beyond Blue and those sort of um, things like Headspace and that and I always thought oh it's not going to help me it's not going to help me but just talking to someone even though they're behind a computer just made everything a lot easier. Excellent and we're going to dive right into your history with social media Mm. and the amazing things that you're doing through your blogging YouTube channel and Instagram page as well but let's talk more about your your mental health journey and the pages that you were following on Instagram and how they sort of brightened your day what and any tips for the listeners that may be experiencing the same things what do you advise them to to surround themselves with I think it's really important to be able to recognize which people inspire you and which people make you feel down about yourself and don't feel afraid to unfollow on someone on Instagram if they're not bring, bringing in any inspiration to your life and make sure to follow people that make you feel good not make you aspire to be them because I think that's really important like we can look at people on social media and we can think oh I just really want to have their life but in reality we're never going to have anyone else's life and I think it's just really important to be like you know this person inspires me to do things that are going to be better for me rather than me aspiring to have that body or live in that place or do any of that stuff so yeah I think it's really important to just yeah find amazing amazing people and I if if you go to my Instagram I follow all amazing people so you can look at everyone I follow (laughs) and they're yeah they're really beautiful excellent I'll have Amanda's Instagram for you guys in the show notes Amanda I guess some key takeaways for the listeners about suffering mental health or just from what we spoke about there is to surround yourself with positive people because that does make a change and to not be afraid to talk about it because talking does obviously help and yeah. it's you've experienced that firsthand and you've noticed the effects that, that expressing your emotions has had yeah. would you agree yeah 100 percent. awesome well thanks for sharing that i really appreciate that ducky let's backtrack a little bit let's talk about your journey i understand that you turned vegetarian at four tell us a little bit about that what was your <laughs> motives behind there so i was always a very fussy eater i'll preface with that but i can remember sitting at the dinner table with my parents and my brother i was like four years old i believe i was four and my mum serves me up dinner and it's your traditional like meat and three veg Aussie staple isn't it yeah (laughs) and I'm like oh what are we having for dinner tonight and my mum says oh this is chicken schnitzel and whatever vegetables it was and it's like something clicked in my head at that age which is so bizarre and I said to my mum wait is this the same as the animal and my mum was like yeah it is and I said well no I won't eat it and then my mum would continue to serve me up like beef or pork or whatever and I would always begin to ask her what it was and she was always very honest with me And it's just like, intuitively, I was like, I'm not supposed to eat this. And so I just like, didn't from that day forward. Fantastic. And I think nowadays, a lot of people struggle to make the connection with what's actually on their plate to where it came from and the animal that could be their pet beside them and a cow and how there's no difference between the two. They're both sentient beings and they're both loving animals as well. So making that connection at such a young age is definitely inspiring and it's shaped you into the person you are today. Talk us through your journey as a being a vegetarian through primary school and high school. Did you have any any troubled times through that? Yeah, I actually like can't imagine what it would be like to be vegan now in high school because being vegetarian in high school was even a struggle. Like most of my friends ate meat, and like I was like the token vegetarian. And to me, that being a vegetarian seems like nothing now. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So I um yeah I personally never struggled in the sense that I didn't really like care like I was very happy being vegetarian and I was never going to change that but I definitely like feel for kids these days like 
being vegan in high school because I know how much like it does put you a little bit out of place and people can like poke fun at you even for being vegetarian so definitely and I guess a lot of people would experience that these days I personally do I play cricket in a all boys environment and I'm always preparing my own food and bringing my own stuff and and I guess I, I'm thinking of it as a powerful way because I can educate and inspire people to what I'm doing and how I'm thriving from my diet at the moment and hopefully inspire them to make subtle changes. Exactly. Going through high school as well as a vegetarian, what was your motives behind going vegan and what does vegan mean to you? Vegan was something that I literally never considered. Like I had never, I was always an ethical vegetarian, but to me I'd never looked at animal byproducts and thought that they meant that it was still cruel to animals if that makes sense and so I remember I went and volunteered at Edgar's Mission which is a not-for-profit arm arm sanctuary (laughs) (laughs) which is a not-for-profit farm sanctuary um, like an hour and a half out of Melbourne and I went to volunteer there with my mum who had also turned vegetarian by this time and we got educated on dairy and basically how you know babies will be taken away from their mothers so that the cow milk can go to humans and I literally in that moment I didn't realize that cows didn't actually produce milk all the time like I thought I was pretty educated on like being a vegetarian and all that sort of stuff and then when I realized like the suffering that goes into producing cow's milk I was like well this is questioning everything because like I really enjoy dairy and I literally consumed so much dairy before I was vegan but I was like ethically this doesn't work for me and so after that I just started doing my research I found lots of vegan youtubers online helped me so 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 much and then I also watched Cowspiracy and just once I realized like that I could be really healthy make awesome food and like not be cruel to animals I was like well there's literally no other choice and admittedly it did take me a little while I really struggled with I kept binging on cheese like cheese was like (laughs) the hardest thing for me to give up and when people like to me oh I could go vegan but cheese I'm like trust me if I can do it you can do it because I had cheese on like every single meal (laughs) so yeah I like really struggled but I remember I actually went away for like a few days with some of my friends at the time and I ate heaps of dairy on that trip and I felt disgusting like even like mentally and physically I was like I just feel really not good about myself and I went no I've just got to commit to it I've just got to go vegan and then I did awesome and And talk to us about the first things that you transitioned in your life and when you went to when you first started going vegan what were the first sort of staple things that you transitioned into I ate a lot of like really mock products, like a lot of mock cheeses, mock dairy products. I honestly was a pretty junk food vegan. I was a junk food eater anyway, so when I went vegan, I was still consuming two bottles of Coca-Cola a day. I was just eating heaps of bread. Like It wasn't a very, very healthy diet when I first became vegan. I just was... Yeah, I just didn't want to harm animals. That was my motive behind it. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah awesome. And it's important to recognise for, pe- for the listeners that just because you are vegan, so to speak, doesn't mean that you're eating healthy foods because, like you said, Coke is vegan and, yeah. and things like that all fall under that plant-based category. So particularly to thrive as a vegan is a whole foods plant-based diet. Would you agree? Yeah, 100%. Fantastic. And the education that you have now as opposed to back then, what are some things, looking back in hindsight, that you would have changed now? Oh, goodness me. I probably just would have like, well, first of all, when I first became vegan, I also tried doing raw till four. Do you remember those days? I've heard about that, but tell us a little bit more about that. So it was like this movement where you only ate raw food till 4 p.m. And then after that, you ate high carb, low fat food. Okay. Um, And so I tried doing that when I first became vegan because like everyone was doing it. I was like, yeah, I want to be healthy. Like that's what I should do. But personally, my body just doesn't thrive on a high fruit diet. And I just did. It did not work. I was like constantly hungry and I just sort of looked at it as like oh like is veganism really working for me sort of thing but I think one of the most important things to acknowledge is that I know so many vegans and we all eat so differently and it's like not everyone's body is going to thrive on the exact same kind of diet like personally now I've found I eat a really high fat diet like high healthy fats diet and I love it 
and I feel amazing. Excellent. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about the foods that you were eating with the raw till four. What 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 does it mean to be eating raw food, so to speak? Well, so for example, I would have like a smoothie with like six bananas and some strawberries yeah. for breakfast with some water. Like that's what it would be. Uh, but that doesn't fill you up for long because there's like no fats or proteins exactly. in it. And then after that, like in a few hours, I would be hungry again. So then I'd have another smoothie with like excessive amounts of bananas and fruits. And then eventually you get to dinner time or after 4pm and I would eat like rice, potatoes, vegetables, but nothing. Like you were, you couldn't even eat like half an avocado. Like, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think looking back now and me with the education that I've had, that seems like a very restrictive diet and not a transitional diet for someone that's coming from say a a cheese-loving vegetarian yeah. <laughs> to a vegan. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah, 100%. And that's a thing, like, that's why I think it's so important. There's heaps of people online that are great sources of inspiration, but listening to your body and eating intuitively, I feel like is so important. And, like, I wish that I knew that back then because I just kept trying to feed my body all this fruit that it just was not working for me. So, Definitely. Yeah. Awesome. And do you have any resources for people, for the listeners at home, like on Instagram, YouTubers, that they can look at for inspiration on how to transition into a plant-based diet. I know you, your YouTube plug is fantastic for that, which we're going to dive into later, I promise. <laughs> um, I feel like I subscribe to so many vegans um, and I always mix up who I watch. I really, really love Hot for Food because she doesn't like restrict herself to any type of niche vegan market. She just sort of eats whatever she wants. On Instagram, I love Elsa's Wholesome Life. I just think she has She's a really great, yeah. great approach to veganism in like a really positive way. Um, Tess Begg is really, really great. She eats more of a high fruit diet as well, it seems, but she has a really relaxed attitude towards food, which I think is really cool. Oh, I'm trying to think who else I watch at the moment. Goodness There's me. There's so many. It's hard There's to think so many it. vegan yeah. YouTubers. It's insane. Oh, and I watched this girl from Germany who I have just like fallen in love with her content called Mina Rome. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but <laughs> she just makes like really, really amazing, easy recipes. And I'm, I think that's like so important when you're transitioning is to not overcomplicate it. Awesome. Yeah. And a good one that I start to follow, guys, is Simon Hill on Plant Proof. He's fantastic. He talks about the science and really gives you an evidence-based approach into mm. transitioning to a plant-based diet. It's a very evidence-based awesome. and it's awesome so you can make the connections with those sorts of things. Fantastic. Let's get into your food blogging journey. Okay. <laughs> when did it begin for you? Oh, I actually did independent filmmaking straight out of high school for like three years. And I've always been like a creative sort of person so I stopped doing like my filmmaking and stuff because honestly filmmaking is a very expensive hobby and I was like I want to do something creative and then I had gone vegan I'd watched all these youtubers I was like you know what I want to do that I want to make youtube videos and my youtube videos like shout outs to anyone who subscribed to me like three years ago because my videos were so <laughs> bad <laughs> like I can't believe it I remember doing them on windows movie maker oh. on my dad's pc because I was like you know I just was so keen to like get content out there but it yeah. was yeah, it wasn't very good. So I just sort of um, started, like I just started sharing my life, sharing food videos. I used to be literally the worst cook ever. Now I'm an amazing cook. Oh, just putting it out there. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I just started as a hobby and then sort of started to connect with other people in the food blogging world, realized how much I you know, loved it and loved connecting with these kind of people and seeing these people like make a living and like do this full time. And I was like, you know, like I should really push myself. My editing got better. My filmography got better. I just, yeah, I just sort of fell into this thing that I love so much. Excellent. And do you have any tips for people that are thinking of starting a food blog out there? What sort of equipment they need to kick off? What processes they uh, what processes what applications they use on whatever computer it is and yeah how to go go through that well the fun fact is i've literally had the same camera for four years which is just a sony a5000 it literally cost me four hundred dollars and i still use that to this day i find it really really good i have a lot of friends who do food blogging and they use either sony a5000s or canon g7x's to start off cool. which are really really good um, I use Adobe Premiere Pro to edit, which is super user-friendly. You pay for it month by month on a subscription, so it's not like you're forking out hundreds of dollars initially. And I think with like starting a food blog, 
besides like the equipment it's super important to just like be authentic and like know that you're like wanting to share it for the right reasons like you're wanting to spread a good message because that's what's going to get people engaged in what you're doing definitely and i couldn't agree more with the authenticity people when i know when i'm looking on instagram or youtube and i see someone that's super passionate about i'm automatically drawn to them because they're bleeding passion they're doing what they love yeah excellent Talk to us about the process of creating a video or snapping that perfect picture of food. <laughs> what was the inspiration for you to do snap the picture to the end result? I think like with taking photos, I don't still I still don't really know what I'm doing. Like that's the best way to describe it. I I feel like I try to explain so often like oh this is how I take a good photo and stuff like that but I literally just do it if I like it I keep it I use Lightroom to edit which has been like a game changer because everyone always says like you're editing so great and I'm like oh thank you I I literally use someone else's presets (laughs) Um, but yeah like with photos I don't really know what I'm doing and a lot of the time if the photos are of me then my friends are taking them so thankful to have blogging friends because they know what they're doing but with videos I feel like videos is what like I know what I'm doing because I like I guess if you watch one of my videos and you saw the way that it's shot you'll be like oh that's like really it's like really quick and like everything's pretty sharp but when I edit it there's when but when I film it there's like so 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 much footage it's ridiculous of like me like putting the bananas in like seven different ways to make sure (laughs) I get it the right way and so much stuff so yeah like when people watch me film I feel like they think it's pretty funny because especially with the food stuff like everything has to be perfect but yeah I think a lot of with my video work it comes down to like a lot of planning like I always plan uh what I'm going to film, how I'm going to film it, and yeah. Excellent. And talk to us about the hours of editing that go into it. What's your process behind it? Do you have a specific recipe that you follow, or what happens there? Um, no, I spend a lot of time on my computer. I am a very, very busy person, which is good because I'm a very productive person as well, which I love being. But yeah, it takes a long time. Like the other night, I actually managed to completely edit a video in three hours which is the quickest I've ever edited a video um but yeah like honestly it usually would take me with like editing everything color grading it all adding the titles uploading it doing the description block box doing the thumbnail I reckon I spend probably like eight hours editing a video a video wow so it's definitely you have to be passionate about something to devote that sort of time (laughs) (laughs) sitting behind a computer screen (laughs) Well, good on you. That's an amazing oh, effort you. in itself. <laughs> I'm intrigued, Amanda. How did you build your following? I know it's so hard to... people. You see people making living off social media and Instagram and, and the hours they have to put into building a following. How did you do it? Well, the thing is that I honestly got to this point where I thought it wasn't ever going to grow. And then I realised that simultaneously, me moving from Melbourne to the Gold Coast, my following started to grow. And when I moved from Melbourne to the Gold Coast, I started becoming the most authentic and best version of myself. And I think that it's like no coincidence that that's the case. And I honestly think like, there's so many vegan food bloggers out there. There's so many vegan Instagram accounts, but people really like want to get to know you. That's the best way I can describe it. Like I, I feel like a lot of the people who are like in the community that I'm sort of building are really like, interested in not only veganism but also the lifestyle side of things and like mental health and that sort of thing and I just think it's about being authentic because you can see through someone who's being fake and not being themselves and it doesn't make you feel inspired so yeah I don't really know there's like no formula to growing your following in my opinion it's just about being yourself I feel like that's so cliche, but it's so true. <laughs> <laughs> it is so true. There's a reason it is so cliche because yeah. it works. Would you say that the connections you've made along your journey have assisted you in building your following? Yeah, definitely. Like, there's no secret that if you are friends with people who have a large influence in the vegan community, that in turn, like, the people who follow them are going to be interested in also what their friends are doing. Um, and I'm... And I've made some amazing connections in the vegan community and a lot of my best friends are bloggers and that's amazing. Um, It's obviously helped out, but it's obviously not, I'm not friends with them 
for their following. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely like people love to, you know, it's almost like you watch someone's YouTube channel and all of their friends are like the characters in their TV show. So yeah. like when my friend, when, when, <laughs> how do I word this sentence? Um, for example, my best friend Lakin was doing YouTube way before me and then I met her and I was in her vlogs and so people who watch her are like, oh, well, this is a new character that's been introduced. I want to go and see what she does on her channel. I see, yes. That's the best way I can describe it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have such amazing friends and it's really cool to have people who uh, are do, into doing YouTube and stuff as well and, yeah, that's the way I look at it. It's like a TV show with, like, all different spin-offs, you know what I mean? A real-life sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And did you have any support from the people around you when you were initially starting up your YouTube Um, Yeah, to be honest, like, I, to be honest, I had, like, a group of friends at the time and I still am in touch with, like, quite a few of them. I was a very different version of myself when I first started doing YouTube and I definitely had the support of those people, but it's not the same support that I receive now from the friends and the people that I surround myself with now. Um, My family only, like, my close family always knew about my YouTube channel, but actually only just found out yesterday, like, yesterday I was with my uncles and aunties and stuff they're like oh what have you been doing in Queensland and like oh you know I I actually do this thing called YouTube and they're like what and I'm like yeah I do this thing called YouTube and I'm like showing them my channels like oh my goodness that's amazing and so people are really really supportive when I'm like open about it and all of my friends are really supportive now when I first started I think people were like what are you doing? I mean, my videos were pretty rubbish. Like me and me putting my friends through being in them and watching them was probably not a good time for them. But yeah. <laughs> Looking back on them now, you did the best that you could in the time you did. <laughs> yeah. And that's made you grow into the, like, the amazing channel that you have at the moment. Exactly. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Let's dive right into what your channel is about. What's the plug and, and what are you doing with your YouTube channel? Um, so essentially I like to share a positive vegan lifestyle is sort of what I like to view it as. So I love to share share vegan recipes specifically ones that aren't targeted towards like you know a high fat high protein or high carb diet like I just like to eat and enjoy food and share the recipes Um, I also love to share vegan lifestyle in terms of like you know makeup and skincare and things like that that when I first went vegan I was like goodness I know nothing about this sort of stuff um more holistic life sort of view yeah like that's the thing like vegan is obviously about the food side of things but to me it's like such a lifestyle thing as well so i love to share that i love to share like the positive way i live my life i suppose like i love to share the relationships i have with my friends i love to show my cats my beautiful cats (laughs) i had to put them in somewhere you know Um, (laughs) what are their names um eva and tiger and they're both rescues they're beautiful um yeah, so I, I basically just want to show that it's really easy to live a vegan lifestyle and you can do it in a really positive way. Yeah. Excellent. And what's the plug for that for the listeners to go have a look at your channel? Um, YouTube.com forward slash Amanda Ducks. Excellent. Like, like the animal duck with an S on the end. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I'll have that in the show notes for you guys. Ducky, where do you find your inspiration for the recipes that you create? It's really interesting because I... Like I mentioned, am not, was not, I should say, a good cook. And I've really developed this love for cooking. So I think about something like a recipe I'm working on at the moment is for cauliflower wings. And I I just like think about it and I'm like, yeah, it'd be really cool to make cauliflower wings. And then in my head, I'm just like, okay, like, let's just do it and see what happens. And yeah, I just love it like I I think that's how I find my inspiration because I think about something and I'm like okay I really want to make tempeh and broccolini tacos what kind of sauce can I put with this like what other vegetables will go well with it and I just do it excellent yeah and I think you've probably always gathered information from places you've eaten out at and realize oh that texture is awesome and gone from there yeah definitely and I like used to be a really simple eater so I think like as my vegan journey continues I'm like wow like that's really cool like I go to a restaurant and I eat something that's like a different cuisine that I never usually eat and I'm like yeah like I could make something like that at home like that would be really awesome so I definitely like I see inspiration in like a lot of 
like restaurants that I go to because I love going out to eat and like my friends they cook like amazing food as well my housemate and one of my best friends Mackenzie she makes like this amazing creamy pasta and I'm gonna get her to teach me how to make like a really good creamy pasta Yum. yeah I have an awesome recipe for oh, creamy pasta go. by the way so. <laughs> <laughs> I'll share it with you oh fantastic ducky and talk to us about when you go out to a cafe I know whenever I see a food blogger out they go a, tri- a groupie of people with tripods and cameras. <laughs> Talk to us about that experience and what, what it's like eating cold food. <laughs> I eat a lot of cold food. Like, that's that's the truth. Um, I used to get really, really embarrassed, to be honest. Like, I used to, when I went out to eat and, like, had first started food blogging, I wanted to take photos of the food, take photos of me with the food, and people would always stare and I'd get really, like, anxious and stuff. And over time, I've just embraced it. Like, I stand up on the chair. I'm, like, literally make the biggest scene about taking photos of my food. But it's all good, you know. I'm getting the shot. Yeah, and it's, like, I feel like it's so much more common now. People probably look at me and they're, like, ugh, such a millennial taking photos of their food. (laughs) But I'm, like, this is what I do. This is what I love to do. And then hopefully one day I'll be able to take photos of food full time. So Excellent. Yeah. And that's the main goal for you? Yeah, definitely. I think, like... I have always wanted to work in the creative industry in some regard and I'm not like the type of person that has like a 5, 10, 15 year plan. I just sort of take life as it comes but definitely at the moment I'm just working towards like the idea of being able to just like inspire people to be vegan and for that to be my job would be like the best thing ever. Excellent and you're doing a great job uh, so far Amanda even through your Instagram channel and your YouTube you've got an awesome following and it's very inspiring to see people like-minded people crushing it. (laughs) Let's uh, go into your supermarket journey take us through some of your (laughs) essentials that you buy at the supermarket. Well at the moment I'm absolutely obsessed with adzuki bean and buckwheat tempeh. Is that the um, organic village one? Yes. Unreal. Phenomenal. Yeah. I just keep eating tempeh. Like the other night for dinner, I just didn't know what I wanted. I literally just fried up a whole block of that and then a whole bunch of broccolini in a bowl and then I put it in a bowl and I ate it. Yeah. And that's all I had for dinner. I'm like, I'm a food blogger that makes all this fancy food, but like really on the <laughs> side, I'm just eating bowls of tempeh for dinner. Um, but yeah, like honestly, I go through lots of phases with different food, but I look at my diet as a pretty whole food plant-based one when I'm at home especially I personally don't eat gluten either which is something that I've realized just makes me feel heaps better and so yeah I just basically eat like heaps of smoothies so I have like banana and cacao smoothies which I love I love putting roasted hazelnuts and healthy fats in my smoothies um I live off coconut yogurt. I'm lucky enough to work with Koyo, the coconut yogurt brand, and I create recipes for them. So I eat a lot of coconut (laughs) yogurt, which I love. Um, I sort of, yeah, I've transitioned to this place in my diet where I eat like more like vegetables, fruits, fats and nuts whereas I used to eat like a lot more like rice and pasta and oats but I just find my body doesn't crave them as much anymore um yeah but I'm always going with the flow like if someone wants to hit me up with a product recommendation I'll give it a go fantastic (laughs) and what's your go-to nut milk (laughs) (laughs) bit of a hard-hitting question though. (laughs) That's, that's a tough one um my go-to nut milk, actually, I prefer to make my own nut milk. Awesome. I'm one of those. Take us um, through that process. It's actually literally the easiest thing in the world and it's so much more affordable. I buy all my nuts just at like a bulk food store, which is good. And so I basically just in a Vitamix, I have a Vitamix, which has been an absolute game changer to all the vegans out there. Get yourself a Vitamix. It's a worthwhile investment. Um, So I basically, I like to make cashew milk, so I don't even measure anything. I literally just put cashews, one medjool date, and um, spring water into my blender, blitz it all up, put it through a nut milk bag. There it is. That's it. It literally takes five minutes, and it feels so good, like, drinking that. Super easy. And how long does that last in the fridge for you? Uh, So nut milk typically lasts, like, 72 hours. Um, In my house, it lasts a day. I drink so much of it, but yeah, it's it's good. Excellent. And how's the texture of making it yourself as opposed to buying it from the store? It's so much creamier. Like the thing is, you realize when you make it yourself, like a quarter of it will be nuts, for example. So it's like really, really creamy. But then you go to the store and it's like 4% almonds and it's like you wonder why it doesn't taste that good yeah Yeah, like I just think making your own nut milk if you have the ability to do so is just like 
you're always going to get so much more flavour, the creamy texture that a lot of people really like enjoy in their cow's milk, and that's why they don't want to like change. Um, yeah. Excellent. And for an exact recipe of the nut milk, making your own nut milk, if you go back and listen to episode four, I think it is, of the Weekly Dose of Euphoria podcast with Particle Cafe, they go through the exact recipe that works for them and that they use in the cafe there, which is great. Awesome, Ducky. And what do you use with the leftovers of the nut milk? Oh, I usually make like bliss balls out of them. So yeah. I'll just, I literally will just put the nut milk pulp back into the Vitamix and then I add just like cacao, some dates, maybe more nuts and just blend it up. Excellent. Yeah. Really going into a zero waste lifestyle there yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you have any advice for the listeners that are at the supermarket and they're struggling for things to buy or they're not really looking for staples? What are some things that you would recommend that they should have in most meals as a plant-based eater? Personally, I found the easiest things to eat when you're just going vegan and you're like just trying to transition i eat like a lot of starches so like rices pastas potatoes they're really good bases for so many meals um and you can make so many delicious and you can make so many delicious different like pasta dishes and rice dishes and things like that so they were my bases i always just pick out the vegetables i like like you can look at recipes and look at people online and they might use things that you don't like honestly just pick out what you like and try and get inspired in the kitchen I think like look at a recipe if I make a recipe for some dish that has heaps of broccolini in it but you hate broccolini sub it out for a vegetable that you really like um yeah I think it's like we're really lucky now as well in the vegan community that you go to the supermarket and we have a lot more products than we did like a few years ago so the health food aisle is amazing there's so much stuff you can buy heaps of nuts you can buy seeds like yeah Awesome. And do you have any essentials that the listeners should get to make their taste buds ignite, like spices or toppings, sauces? I'm a major advocate for paprika. I don't know. Some people tell me that they hate paprika, but it's so good. Like, I love making Mexican food, so paprika and cumin together, amazing. I love adding garlic to pretty much Yeah, everything. I noticed your videos. It's great. The garlic is unreal. I love garlic so much. But again, like, I feel like it's about... Picking things that you like, like for example, if you used to eat meat and on your chicken you used to season it with A, B and C spices, then you can get tofu or tempeh and season it with A, B and C spices, fry it with some oil, it's going to taste pretty similar, I would imagine. Yeah. Lovely. Awesome. And when you get the textures right and you season it the same, there's really no difference. Yeah. (laughs) Excellent. You're really making it this vegan game so simple and I'm grateful for that. (laughs) Awesome. Ducky, anyone who knows you knows how positive you are and you always bring this energy that's so contagious to everyone's day. How do you stay so positive? Well, first of all, thank you. (laughs) Second of all, I think like after going through like a really rough period of time in my life I realized how much I just want to spread positivity and I want to bring joy to other people's lives and I still have my down days like my best friends see me when I'm like the low of the low and I'm like anxious and it happens but I choose to like wake up every day and try and find the best in the situation that I'm in and I try and be positive and be funny like I find a sense of humor so attractive in other people so like I want to be like that you know what I mean like yeah I just I just think like after being in a dark place for so long I realized how good it feels to feel good and I said to my friend the other day she was feeling really sad and I said Izzy you have to remember without sadness we wouldn't experience happiness and that's like the best way I can describe how I feel like I have to feel so happy now because I've been so low and without having felt so low I wouldn't have so much gratitude for how good I feel now excellent yeah amazing that's so inspiring Amanda (laughs) thank you you for sharing that (laughs) lovely and I feel like a lot of listeners can take so much energy and and take key points away from what you just resonated with us there thank you Amanda Let's transition back to when you were living in Melbourne. I understand you were doing these things called potlucks. I'm not sure if you're still doing these in the Gold Coast. Yes, I am. Fantastic. (laughs) That's good to hear. What is a potluck and why do you host them? Um, So I originally started hosting potlucks for me to meet other people and for other vegans to meet other people. When I first became vegan, I literally knew zero vegans and I was like so isolated. I just wanted like friends to go check out these new vegan places with and I found that the best way to meet people was to go to vegan meetups. 
And then I thought, well, I should just start hosting them myself and I can meet people, other people can meet, meet people. And yeah, that was basically the inspiration behind it. And it's actually been really cool because like, I can see people that have met each other at my potlucks that are friends now. Like I hosted one in Queensland recently and a few of these girls met each other at the potluck that had never met before. And then the next week I was at work and they all came into my work together. Oh, no. And I just like felt so good because especially like a lot of the people who come to the potlucks are young women who are like in high school or have just left high school and they don't have anyone to connect with. And they come and they meet vegan friends and it just makes them feel a lot less isolated about the lifestyle change that they've made. Yeah. And you're connecting like-minded people with each other. Yeah, it's so cool. Amazing. Yeah. Good on you. And what goes into a potluck? What is it? Is it just connecting people? Do people bring things along? What happens there? Yeah, so I should explain what a potluck <laughs> is. So a potluck is essentially an event. Usually I would host it like in a park or at the beach or something like that. And I'll post it on my social media and basically people come along and everyone brings like a plate of vegan food to share. So also gets people inspired to like, you know, cook up some brownies, some banana bread. Like a lot of people bring dips. Dips are like the go-to. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, everyone brings a plate of vegan food to share. We all sit around, share food, eat, talk, usually goes for a few hours. And it's just like a really chill way to like meet people. Fantastic. As we mentioned before, connecting like-minded people and that sparks different friendships like you mentioned before when people came into your work and like you connecting to people. It's really fulfilling to know yeah. that you were at uh, the beginning of that connection. Yeah. All right, let's get down to it. Ducky, what's your go-to meal when you're cooking at home? Oh, my go-to meal. I actually put a video up about this recently, a shameless plug. It's a Buddha bowl. Because Buddha bowls, in my opinion, have like everything that you need to satisfy yourself. And I go for brown rice, sweet potato, buckwheat, no, azuki bean and buckwheat tempeh, broccolini, avocado. I make like a tzatziki kind of sauce on a base of coconut yogurt flax seeds on top. I think that's it. It's a bit of lime in there. I watched that one. And yesterday. Lime. Yeah. yeah. It's still in my brain. That's why. Wow. <laughs> really made an impact today. <laughs> I can't wait to try it. I'm not a big fan of tzatziki and creamy sauces, but right. it sounds amazing. So oh, I can't yeah. wait to try it. Excellent. And I know I've seen a lot through your social media. You do love lentil bolognese. Would you share the lentil bolognese with the listeners? Just a basic recipe. I absolutely will. First, I have to touch on something. When you type in my name into YouTube, it's not like the first thing that comes up is like Amanda Duck's vegan, Amanda Duck's lunch ideas. It comes up with Amanda Duck's lentil bolognese. <laughs> I'm like, is that what I'm known for? Like, is that the thing? Anyway, basically I make it with the key things are some sort of onion i go for spring onion garlic and then spaghetti bolognese herbs you can literally buy like spaghetti bolognese herbs at the supermarket or you could just wing it and use your own herbs lentils and the most important thing to do with your lentils wash them put them in a bowl and mince them up with your hands so cool. you get that mincy texture fry them up in some oil with all the spices add a bit of passata or tomato paste or whatever you want to you can add vegetables if you want but you know. <laughs> I'm just about that lentil life <laughs> and then you cook some pasta and Excellent. that's it but Super easy. I've made it so many times on my YouTube channel that if you really want to know just type in Amanda Ducks and the first thing that will come up is lentil bolognese <laughs> anyway <laughs> that's the best lentil bolognese is my go-to though I'm loving it I had some celery and some carrot too just for that little bit of extra fiber mm. and it goes down a treat mm. it's a really easy one when transitioning as well from a meat-eating dairy diet to transition into a lentil bolognese because the textures and the taste look very similar yeah yeah excellent awesome tell us your favorite places to eat out in melbourne oh in melbourne okay so number one particle cafe i mean you knew i was gonna say that I did, I did. <laughs> i'm literally about to go there after <laughs> this um, i was there this morning <laughs> particle is like one of the best vegan places in melbourne because ethically they're like so passionate about veganism which is super important to me and the food is like so full of flavor but it doesn't leave you feeling gross that's the best way i can describe definitely like so i love particle i love goje um vegan frozen yogurt in yarraville oh amazing i've already been there twice on this melbourne trip <laughs> i was there last night how long are you down for i'm only here for four days there you go guys it must be good <laughs> and um yeah so so Goje is really good. I really love Red Sparrow Pizza. I just think they do like amazing vegan pizza. I love Smith and Daughters because their food is just like so bizarre, but so good. Like you're always trying something new. 
I'm actually going there tomorrow night. Are you? Skipping daughters for the first time. Oh, so I'm very you'll enjoy intrigued. it. It's very, very interesting. Like their mock meat tastes so meaty. Wow. Like, so we're scary, isn't it? Yes, yeah. yeah, to me it's scary. Some people love it, but I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can handle that. <laughs> Fantastic. Any other places that you I feel can like, think of at the top of your head? I feel like they're my favourites. I feel like I've become a bit of a food snob since yeah. becoming a food blogger because I like try so many places and I'm like, only the best for me. <laughs> um, yeah, and when I come to Melbourne, I honestly basically just go to Particle and go, Jay. Excellent. Yeah. I did interview... Goran and Yelena on the podcast as well. I think it was episode five, if you guys want to have a listen to that. Both so passionate about what they're doing. And Zach and Kat from Particle doing amazing things as well. So amazing, guys. Awesome. Ducky, what's the main message you're trying to spread through your Instagram and your YouTube channel and through your everyday living? I think the most important thing to me is in the vegan community, I personally believe there's so many different forms of activism. And people you know, love to be on the front line where they're like, you know, at the slaughterhouses, they're at the trucks, they're doing all the direct action stuff. And personally, I don't feel like I can spread the right message doing that kind of activism. I think I would be overwhelmed with emotion and I don't think that it would be effective coming from me. And so I was actually saying this to my coworker the other day, I feel like what I'm trying to do is be a positive act. What I'm trying to do is be a positive activist for veganism in the sense that I want people to see the food that I cook, see the life that I'm living and just be like, she just makes it look so easy and she's really positive about it and it's changed her life for the better. And I think that's really what I'm trying to spread is that really veganism has changed my life personally for so many reasons, but it doesn't have to change your life. Like if you want your life to stay the same but your diet to just change it's so easy you can still be the same old you know millie from down the street that just happens to be vegan excellent yeah that's i couldn't have summed it up any better and i guess my main message here at euphoria is to try and to encourage people to eat more plants i'm a realist and being vegan isn't going to work for everyone but if we can all incorporate more plants into our diet we're, we're working towards a better future yeah awesome ducky Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank uh, you've you. shed an amazing light into the things that you're doing and the message you're trying to spread. Where can we find you? Oh, okay. Well, here we go. Shameless plug. <laughs> you can find me at uh, Instagram at Amanda Ducks. Awesome. And YouTube.com slash Amanda Ducks. Fantastic. Yeah. And I know Amanda's always up for a chat, guys. So if you ever want to just say good day or ask about any recipes or give her some inspiration about yeah. what you're cooking, definitely shoot her a message. I love it. And my favorite thing is when people take photos of the food that they've made of my recipe and I'm like, the best thing ever. Fantastic. Yeah. That's when you know you're yeah. kicking goals. Like, yes, you <laughs> make that lentil bolognese. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have a few listeners making that yeah. tonight. <laughs> Thank you so much, Thank Ducky. It was so a pleasure. Much. Thank you. And that's this week's dose of Euphoria. Connect with myself and the Euphoria Health community on Instagram or Facebook at Euphoria Health. Through these channels, you'll find cool workouts, plant-based recipes, and daily challenges. Until next time, guys, I'm your host, Matt Zapala, and remember, don't settle for anything less than euphoria.